0: Good evening. You're very welcome, true to another episode of the Back of the Stand podcast. It's Mark here, your host. I'm delighted to be joined by Kevin this evening. Kevin, how was your weekend? It was very good, Mark. How are you keeping? I'm very well. Can't complain though. No. United, after winning three games in a row, uh, can't complain that it's not too often that that happens for United. Um, I was watching the game yesterday. It was actually. They were quite unlucky in the first half, I thought. So, look, it, we we we'll take the positive news when it's going. I'm sure that, that that positive news will turn negative at some stage in the next couple of weeks. But we'll uh, we'll take the good news when it's going anyway. Um, so, what to do is we'll start with the results at the weekend. Um, there was a lot of results since we last were on last week. Um, last Monday we had Wolves drawing one all with Southampton. And then on Friday night, we had Crystal Palace losing 2-0 at home to Newcastle. Um, nice result for Newcastle there. I think Newcastle are actually going, going along quite nicely at the moment under Steve Bruce. Then on Saturday, we had Brighton drawing one all against Liverpool at the Amex Stadium. There was a lot of controversy and talking points Um, come, came out of that game. Some quite extraordinary interviews came out of it, but we'll talk about that in a second. On Saturday, Manchester City seems to have got their groove back. Well, they they were playing the right team for it because they've beaten Burnley five nil now a couple of times in a row. I think it's three or four times in a row now they've beaten Burnley five nil. Um, your team, Kevin Leeds, had a very good win at, Ever- at Everton on Saturday, um, winning one nil, um. On Saturday as well, Sheffield United continued their shocking start of the season. Um they lose they lost one nil away to West Brom and I'm sure Chris Wilder would probably have rather uh been sunk into a dark hole after the weekend because Klopp had quite a bit of a go of him and then they lost one nil yesterday. They're after losing nine of their first ten games now. Um Manchester United had a very good win away to Southampton yesterday, winning 3 2. They were 2 0 down at half time. Um, and surprisingly enough, VAR didn't help us with any of the goals. So there's that positive as well. We <coughs> had the Park the Boss Derby yesterday between Chelsea and Spurs. Nil all that finished. Um, although Chelsea probably could consider themselves quite unlucky not to have won that match. Um, yesterday, we also had Wolves winning 2 1 away to Arsenal in a game that was very much overshadowed by um, a very nasty head injury. He, he actually suffered a fractured skull for Raul Jimenez, and the good news is, is that he, he had successful surgery today, and I think he's comfortable after his surgery, so hopefully he makes a speedy recovery. And just this evening before we came live, um, Fulham had a very good win um, at the King Power Stadium, winning 2-1 away to Leicester City. Um, so those were the results of the weekend as we we speak West Ham are playing Aston Villa it's 1-0 to West Ham in that game but there's only 15 minutes gone so there's a lot um, of time left in that I suppose one of the major stories regarding soccer worldwide was the death of Maradona this past week Um, a very controversial figure He's he's revered by a lot there's some who don't really have much time for him but look there's, there's, there's been a lot of grief in his native Argentina and throughout the world for people who remember him playing. I, I don't remember him playing. His, 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 the prime of his career happened before I was born. Um, but it, it was a sad day for international soccer for one of the greatest players of all time to have been lost. Um, and yesterday then we found out the news that former Fulham midfielder Papa Guediop, um, passed away after a long illness in France. Um it's just a very sad, very sad weekend. And look, he played, he played for Senegal. Um, I, I think he played in the 2002 World Cup. And um, he had quite a good career. He played for Fulham and Portsmouth in England. He played for West Ham and Birmingham as well, actually. Um, he had quite a good career. Um, and I, I remember, I seem to remember him scoring a very good goal for Fulham. A couple about Jesus, probably back in 2007 now against United at Craven Cottage one year, and um, where he smacked it in from about 30 yards. So it was a sad weekend, um, or a sad week where we lost two former players, Papa will be up being a lot younger than Maradona, he was only 42, Maradona was 60. Um, but it's just a sad week that I suppose reminded us that for all the the kind of trials and tribulations of following our clubs and going up and down the league and overreacting and to certain results that it's all really not that important in the end. Um, So we'll get started on the, the Premier League action. Um, There's a few talking points that I want to talk about, and then I'll, I'll hand you over to Kevin and he can bring up some talking points from the weekend that he wants to talk about. The first one, Kevin, I want to talk about, which is... Um, Liverpool's draw against Brighton Um, I would have to have a certain degree of sympathy with Liverpool in that Salah's goal was ruled offside pretty much because his foot was bigger than the other guy's foot Um, which kind of again and it's something that we've talked about a lot makes a mockery of VAR but I think that was probably for me overshadowed by Klopp's quite bizarre rant
1: at at BT Sports after the game what did you make of it? It was certainly interesting, and look, it it was good TV viewing. But I don't really think he's a leg to stand on. Um, Like Liverpool are out again now tomorrow night, Tuesday night. So realistically, any other time this weekend, if Liverpool were playing on either the late game Saturday or any time Sunday, you'd then haven't given out that he didn't have enough time to prepare. Um, And when kind of TV is the only opportunity for clubs to make money at the moment I really do think it's look either fix it at Premier League level who decide the times of the matches or else just keep stump about it um, I, I wasn't too impressed with them, to be honest with you
0: Yeah and, and that's pretty much what the BT Sports um, interviewer said to Klopp that look the the times of the games are set by the Premier League of which Liverpool is a founding member and they have a seat at the board as does every um, Premier League club And that if they didn't want to be playing or if they didn't want a time slot of half 12 on a Saturday, then they shouldn't have voted for it. Um, But to me, I thought it was very bizarre because I think he was conflating a lot of issues into one rant, really. Um, Like he was talking about the fact that they were, that BT picked them to play at half 12, which can happen to any club. And I suppose it's one of the the privileges or not, not privileges downsides really to being a club like Liverpool, or Man United, or Arsenal. That they're probably they're up the they're up the pecking order when it comes to, for games that the the broadcasters want to show. But then to be confusing it with Chris Wilder and Sheffield United opposing um, the move to go to five substitutes. He he got very kind of frustrated when he was asked about James Milner's. Um injury and the fact that he went off and then he was, had a goal Chris Wilder saying that oh they didn't want to move to five substitutes and that Liverpool only wanted it to keep players fresh and so on but look at the risk of me being accused of being a small bit hypocritical it has to be said as well that when Alex Ferguson was the manager of Manchester United he was bringing up these issues too anytime they'd play in Europe on a Wednesday and then they'd be out to play Saturday morning but I don't remember Klopp getting as much criticism for that interview as Fergie used to get off the press.
1: Yeah, look, no, I, I think it would have been an issue if Liverpool had got the three points on, on Saturday morning. Maybe not. I think, look, from a Liverpool point of view, that like, they're much better playing early on Saturday because it would have been a long trek back up from Brighton. So at least they can get home early uh, and be fresh then for Sunday. Whereas instead of if they played Sunday, it would have been late Sunday night, early Monday morning by the time they get home and they're out again Tuesday evening. Um, against Ajax so I actually think the way it worked was probably actually the best time slot for Liverpool to play Um, in all honesty
0: Absolutely and look I think as you touched on it there earlier as well the clubs can't have it both ways like there's a lot more games on TV now than there was 20 years ago or 25 years ago and that has resulted in huge revenues going back to the clubs so much so that like, the likes of Liverpool can afford to spend £80 million on Van Dyke, a centre-half, and big money on other players. Like, if, I, I think he needs to be careful what he's kind of hinting at, in that if he, if he wants the games to be played at a time that suits the clubs, and that if that doesn't suit the television, then that's fine. But they better be prepared to take the financial consequences of it then. And I, I can imagine that his chief executive or chairman of, of Liverpool wouldn't exactly be in agreement there, Kevin.
1: No, I I agree with you. Kind of like, you know, look, I suppose it's either... It's two things with football. Unfortunately, yes, you do need to get the results on the pitch, but without the results off the pitch with the financials, the, on the pitch can't happen. I think kind of what Klopp needs to look at it as well is kind of one of the reasons why he took aim with the five subs was with Salah. So Salah goes to Egypt, gets the coronavirus, comes back. He can only play 60 minutes. Salah shouldn't have gone to Egypt in the first place. So it's kind of club discipline maybe he needs to look at first. Um, I don't see why... He, they need more than three substitutes, really. Um, Yes, there's a couple more games, but not more major than there would have been last year, the year before. So I think he's kind of banging on about kind of giving Salah time off because he had the coronavirus. Yes, how unfortunate that is. But if they had proper club discipline, he shouldn't have gone to Egypt in the first place. He wouldn't have got the virus. So maybe that's what Klopp needs to look at before attacking other team managers.
0: Absolutely, yeah. I think it's it was, and it was a low blow as well. To be, I think he he made mention of the fact that, um, Sheffield United had lost nine of their games so far this season. I thought that was pretty much a low blow. And look, I think the vast majority of supporters, and look, I mean, I fan, but I've no problem saying it, were like have nothing but admiration for Liverpool. And the energy with which Klopp's team plays with, and his general positivity, and like we see, great kind of, we see great kind of humanity from him as well. In that, like he's written to to children to thank them for writing to him, and like I remember that United fan wrote to him asking him to to lose a few games for Liverpool, and he sent a very lovely letter back. But I think at the same time, it has to be said, and look, it. You have to separate the manager from the person as well. Like, there, there is an element of gamesmanship involved. But he seems to throw the toys out of the pram every so often when things don't go his own way. Like I remember back to that United, um, or back to a couple of weeks ago, Roy Keane had something to say um, about their performance and Klopp nearly lost the plot over it. Um, I think he just needs to toughen up a small bit in terms of that like people are gonna say what they're gonna say, they'll write what they wanna write about Liverpool. They're 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 probably the biggest club in England at the moment. So most of the stories are going to be about them and whether they like it or not, most of the T V networks will want him on their networks. So I just think he needs to to grow up a small bit.
1: Yeah, I, I like yeah, I agree with you kind of they like they are the biggest team in the league, um, by far, and kind of. I think the problem is that this time last year, after ten games, they almost said they, they, yeah. the the league won kind of. Whereas now, any bit of bad form they'll find themselves in the mid table. So say if they would won, like certainly it's two point drops for, for Liverpool with two goals kind of disallowed. But um, if they would won, would he've made a big deal about it? I don't think so. I think he's just looking for excuses just to deflect the attention away from uh, where they are their, their 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 results this season compared to last season.
0: Absolutely. Like they're second in the table at the moment. They're behind Spurs. They both have 21 points. But very interestingly enough, and I think for all the criticism Ollie has got at United over the last while, if United win their next game, they're only two points behind um, Liverpool. So, like, if United win their next game, if you a game in hand in a lot of clubs, United will move up to, with their goal difference, they'll probably move up to fifth. So, look, I think you're right. I think that they. they, they the top of the table is looking a lot closer this year than it was uh, this time last year as you said like liverpool went on a fantastic run but they they kind of the the, the playing field has been a bit level this year at look, i think it wasn't looking good for united at half time yesterday but i i tend to judge how well united are playing or how well united are going by what Roy Keane says about them and I think to be fair to Roy at half time yesterday he wasn't that negative about United like he was critical of the Gea conceding the free kick that goal from that fantastic goal um but he United did have a few chances in the first half and to be fair and I remember I was talking to my dad um as the second half was going on and I think was it was about 55 minutes gone I I sent him a message saying if United get a goal here they are given a, a decent chance of getting a result, and lo and behold, they did. Um, Cavani got two very good goals to win it for United. But I don't know, Kevin. Did you hear about it? But unfortunately, then he he kind of ruined any positive headlines that were there for him yesterday by an Instagram post.
1: Yeah, unfortunately, kind of Cavani now has to face the full kind of force of the British media. Um, kind of same kind of category as Suarez, I believe, was ever a couple of years back. Um, yeah. But look, he he he's, he's doing what he was brought to United to do. He's got two, that's a couple of he's already scored. Um, he really kind of changed the game when he came on. But look, as I say, this will kind of show what he's made it now Kind of the British media can be tough on players, especially foreign players, when they come in and make mistakes like this. So let's see what that does to him the next couple of games. And Absolutely. you must also think is uh, there probably is a possible three game ban coming down the road as well. I was reading earlier, so minimum.
0: Yeah, that absolutely. And I, I think with all the the um, Black Lives Matter and taking the knee before games and everything like that, I think the FA and the Premier League would be would be very hesitant to be seen to go light on, on a on a matter like that. Look, he can explain it away whatever way he wants. Um maybe it wasn't meant in the way that it was directly translated to, but at the same time the the term he used in any language, whatever variance of it is, is a completely unacceptable term to be using in 2020 and it's just a shame because he scored two very good goals yesterday. Um he got he got a fantastic result for United and there was look he was probably staking a claim for to be the first try striker of for United over the next uh, couple of weeks. So it's it it's just a real shame. Um but I suppose to, to talk about the on the field stuff I, I was very impressed by United, to be honest. I thought once they got back into the game, they completely controlled it. So Hampton were hanging on towards the end, and look, they didn't hang on. Um, But I think looking at United, it's it, I know people are frustrated sometimes by their inconsistency. And yeah, we did put up a post yesterday, or was it this morning, um, about whether Oli is starting to prove people wrong. I I don't think this run of form will last, but I think Kevin, it, it it kind of indicates something I've been saying over the last couple of weeks that it's important not to overreact to results, whether they're good or bad. And if you go on a bad run of form, then look, you go on a bad run of form, but it, it, you'll come out of it again. And I think United are showing that more than more so than anyone at the moment.
1: Yeah, I I think like the good thing for me is like you know they're two 0 n- two nil down um, away from home. At halftime, and look, they had the fight and the belief and the spirit, which is, I, like, I think, what the fans would want to see. And look, they, they, yeah. they, they got the results in the end because of that, and they, they kept going. So they tried to hold the ball up, and um, I wouldn't say they parked the bus as much, but they tried to be a bit too cute holding the ball. Um, and they, look, they got caught out, and United were full value for their money, um, even without the help of ours, You said I was shocked that they didn't pick up a penalty yeah. up here or there. Uh, but look fair, fair play to United the only thing like, I will say is that uh, United fans kind of jumping up and down now it's small because as you say kind of win their game at hand really against Burnley whenever that will be and they're only two points off the top of the league um, I think uh, to, to win what to, they've won their first four away games it, or, or something yeah um, they've won beaten away, yeah but then again you need to look at the quality of the opposition Um, Southampton away they score last minute goal uh, Brighton away they score last minute goal uh, I think they've beaten Newcastle as well away from home is it and and Everton as you well have. so they haven't really beaten any of the top six away from home and any of the the, the big boys that rolled into town in Old Trafford they've got caught so um, I haven't seen anything more than mid-table from United this season but it was just good to see the fight and the spirit in them um, to come out after half time to to get the result. Absolutely
0: and like, they've been on a great run of form since they lost against, against Arsenal at Old Trafford but I, I think United and Arsenal I think you will actually interchange the two of them like United have three points more than Arsenal at the moment they have a game in hand on Arsenal but I think United and Arsenal are going to see that from United and Arsenal this season that over the course of the season they're going to seesaw they're going to go through runs of form where you're thinking, Jesus, Ollie's in trouble or Arteta's in trouble. And then it'll flip the other way that, oh, Jesus, Arteta and Arsenal, they're going great at the moment. Could they make the top four? And then they'll go through a bad slump again. And I think that's, that has all the hallmarks of just a team that are clubs that are not good enough and that are completely inconsistent. And I think that inconsistency derives from the fact that they're a bit off the standard. But I think it's just important that for United fans that we don't overreact. Like I saw some people on so on our social media yesterday saying, Ollie out, Ollie out, it was a disgrace at half time. And then the same people at the end of the game were saying, Oh, brilliant, delighted we won. And then going back to, oh, but Ollie's still shit. I think you just need to co- people need to cool the jets a small bit. There's only ten games gone, nine for United. Unless the wheels completely fall off the wagon, United are going to be there or were both for the top four and Arsenal won't be too far behind either. And Arsenal are on a bad run of form at the moment. United are on a good run of form at the moment. But neither will last. And I think that's important to say. Um, so I've spoken of my two kind of talking points for the weekend, Kevin. Have you... watched What kind of other highlights did you well, have?
1: What I will say on the, on the United game... Um, it's very interesting that they didn't have like, Pogba or Martial on the pitch or in the yeah. squad and I actually do believe that if they were on the team I don't know would United have had the drive or the desire to come back and win 3-2 um, so I think that's they need to ship out Pogba and Martial, yeah. Martial as well I don't think they're doing the club any justice um, and like that that's that's what I would be looking at if I was a United fan to kind of to, to to get them out kind of the way they set up yes especially in the second half that's the way United should, should play um, and like that, with Rashford and Fernandes just behind kind of the main man like we got to see Van Der Beek play full 90 minutes yesterday take out Fred who I don't know if you saw what he was doing for the for the free kick um, he kind of slid underneath yeah, but, if, yeah. Um, but yeah look United are going in the right direction do I think they'll get the results they want probably not but it's a couple of years down the line but uh Green shoots from United, as they say. Um, something kind of stood out for me over the weekend was a lot of the Irish lads. Thankfully, again, were on form. I think Aaron Connolly was very un unlucky to come off after an hour against Liverpool. He was kind of Brighton's main threat, and he really was causing trouble. He drop, was. Um, like that. He 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 kind of caused the penalty, and I've no doubt that as Brighton were pushing for the equalizer, he probably would have got on t- onto something or got another penalty from now. They got a penalty and in so. We saw Kieran Clark yeah. back as well for Newcastle on Friday night, played a, a full 90 minutes. So it's just good that the Irish contingent in the Premier League are still there, thereabouts. Um, I was hoping to see something more from Shane Long when he came on yesterday. He got, I think it was a 20 minutes he got, which is kind of longer than yeah. usual. But I suppose the way Southampton were set up, they, they didn't really want to score. So how much could he get So look, it was great to kind of see the Irish contingent still there, thereabouts. Um, within the Premier League, so that that, that was a absolutely. certainly a positive, um,
0: absolutely. And like you spoke about Aaron Connolly there, and he was actually quite unlucky as well. He got himself into a great position against Liverpool, but he just couldn't get the coral on the ball that he needed to bring it around the goalkeeper. Um, and inside the post, it was a good chance for him, but as you said, like he. he he is a very promising player, and hopefully we'll we'll see him produce that in an Ireland jersey, um, before long. And uh, speaking of long, uh, that, that wasn't meant as a joke, and if it was, it was a very bad one. But speaking of Shane Long, um, as you said, he came on at a stage where Southampton were trying to see it out, so he, they weren't really going to be um feeding him too much ball, um, I. I don't know, I, 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 we've said this before, I think he needs to move on from Southampton, to be honest. I think he'd be better off getting meaningful game time. Like I, I actually think, looking at Shane Long, someone, a team like Barnley could be crying out for Shane Long. Um, still in the Premier League, but he'd be the main man, and he'd, he'd inject a bit of pace into their team as well. Um, But you're right, it was good to see the Irish contingent do it, and as you said, Kieran Clark back as well. Hopefully, we'll see them translate that form into the international stage before
1: long. Uh, certainly, and look for from my side of view, like I'd actually prefer Shane Long to drop down into the championship. Um, he'd be almost guaranteed game time every weekend, and like he he would score. A uh, championship now is of a quality that he would be up against some world class defenders as well. So, like there's no shame in dropping down. To the championship, um, to get game time under your belt, um, I'm just very surprised he stayed at Southampton for so long, on the bench for so long. But I think what we'll see kind of over time is probably Aaron Connolly almost going out maybe onto the wing. course, he doesn't have the height to be an all-out striker, uh, and maybe people could say that about Shane Long as well. But Aaron Connolly onto the wing and Troy Paris is finally getting game time at Millwall. I think he played for an hour, um, at the weekend, so it's good to see him out and on the park as well.
0: Yeah, absolutely, and I'm surprised you haven't mentioned the Leeds match yet, Kevin, they did a very good win at, at um, Goodison Park Yeah,
1: to be fair, look, it's 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 it clicked at the, at the weekend, kind of another game where you've 60% possession um, murder ball, as they call it all out, kind of they, they really went first from, from the off um, and everything really kind of put it up to us as well a lot of teams so far this season have just kind of sat back and taken the pressure and kind of hit us on the counter, but no, to be fair to everything, it was a really good free-flowing game. Um, They were unlucky to have two goals disallowed. Um, Probably the one from Richarlison, uh, where a player was judged to have been in front of the goalkeeper they might feel aggrieved about. But look, the, Rafinha with a touch of class, Um, starting his first proper game. Yeah. So it, it was good to, to get the goal and see the new boys popping up. So look, it's great just to have the win finally again after a bad run of form. Um, a clean sheet was on your third run of the season. So yeah, onwards and upwards.
0: Absolutely, and it it was probably one they needed as well because they're away to Chelsea um on Saturday, so that that'll be a tough game for them. Um, it'll be a real test of where they stand. Uh, but as you said, they it was a good win to finally break a bad run of form because they've gone a few games um three games without a win. Um, so definitely it was um it was a, a good result to get for them. Um. I just want to touch on the Man City result as well before we wrap it up for the night. Um, They they finally clicked. It was probably the first time this season that they really clicked, but I suppose they, nearly every time they went forward, they they scored. I I thought it might have been a small bit harsher on Burnley, but um, look, ultimately the results don't lie and it's I think it's the fourth time in a row now that Burnley are after losing 5-0 to Man City.
1: Yeah, it's tough from kind of... Bailey, Peacock Farrell, formerly Leeds, Northern Ireland goalkeeper, came in and I, I don't think yeah. he, he'd want to remember that too much. Um, no. Look, from an Irish point of view, thankfully neither Jimmy Dunn or Kevin Long in the centre defence. It would really killed their confidence. Uh, but unfortunately, Burnley, um, it'll be tough to get up from, from that again. And you almost kind of think when you've lost five, maybe, three or four times there in a row, are you almost going there kind of defeated already, so kind of they were on the back of their first win and just, unfortunately, they just really laid down and took it against Man City at the weekend.
0: They did, and it was a good week for Man City, actually. They had a good win in Europe during the week, so it'll be interesting you now to see if Man City can go on a run of farm. They have a couple of handy games coming up. Now, they're they at home to Fulham next week. Um, they have a game in the Champions League tomorrow and also next week. And they'll very much have one eye on the Manchester Derby at Old Trafford on the 12th of December. But look, I think Man City's run of form coming up is a lot easier than what they've put behind them. So I think we could see, we will see Man City coming up the table um, very soon. I think we'll see Man City and United improve over the next couple of weeks and months. Um, and I, I think it just hope, I would hope Arsenal would as well. Um, but I think a lot, a lot of what we've seen so far, the early season form has kind of gone out the window. Like it's very much Spurs and Liverpool and Chelsea now setting the trend, at the likes of Aston Villa and Everton, and I think that lost probably knocked Southampton a bit, but back a bit yesterday. They've kind of they've kind of fallen back a small bit. Um, I think Wolves are. They've had a good start to the season as well. They're they're, on, they're sixth at the moment. They did a very good win at the Emirates yesterday. So it's going to be very interesting to see what happens over the next couple of weeks. But look, we'll be here resolved as always for you. So we'll talk to you again next week. And thanks very much for tuning in tonight. Talk to you again next week. Bye. Thanks very much for listening to another episode of the Back of the Stand podcast. Uh, We'd be very much appreciative if you give us a follow on Twitter. We're at Back of the Stand too. And also look us up on Facebook. You can just search the Back of the Stand. Um, And please also subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, on Google Podcasts and on Spotify or whatever uh, podcast uh, platform you use. Um, We'd very much appreciate um, the support. Thanks very much, guys.